Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Colleen Murphy, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's latest numbers, about 6.5 million adults in the United States have heart failure. Readmission following a heart failure hospitalization is not uncommon. So how can readmissions among this patient population be reduced? Researchers recently evaluated whether a simple cardiac comorbidity count could identify individuals at high risk for cardiovascular readmission following a heart failure hospitalization. Dr. Parag Goyal was one of the co-authors of this study. Dr. Goyle, who is an assistant professor of medicine and the director of the Heart Failure with Preserved Ejection Fraction Program at Weill Cornell Medicine, joins me today to highlight the efficacy of this simple cardiac comorbidity count and why you may want to consider implementing the risk calculator into your practice. Thank you for talking with me today, Dr. Goyle. It's a pleasure to, to be here and chat with you today. Thanks for having me. Can you briefly review the risk calculators that are currently available to determine risk for readmission following a heart failure hospitalization? And what are their shortcomings on providing information for cause-specific readmission? Yeah, sure. So heart failure readmissions obviously is a pretty hot topic in cardiology and in heart failure, given the impact that it has on patients in terms of their quality of life, as well as costs for the healthcare system. And so there's been a lot of interest in trying to reduce our readmission rate specifically for heart failure. And one strategy that people have implemented is, well, let's figure out which patients are at highest risk of coming back to the hospital, of being readmitted. So there are actually a host of risk calculators for readmissions. Yale has developed one. There's one from a large national cohort called Get With the Guidelines. And I mean, I think broadly speaking, they're valuable and they can identify patients at, at high risk. But I think there are two major challenges with the pre-existing risk calculators. And there are a host of other risk calculators that have been developed across the country. One is a lot of them include multiple different variables with weighting. And when I say that, what it means is you can't just at the bedside calculate a number and determine risk for readmission. It typically requires a calculator or a computer to help you figure out. So you plug in lots and lots of variables and it spits out a number and then you have a sense of what this particular patient's risk is for readmission. And I think in reality, the extra steps that it takes means that calculators like that, unfortunately, are not frequently used by clinicians. And so one of the limitations is that lots of calculators out there are simply not used. I think the more sophisticated, the more variables that are in there, the more accurate it will be, but it comes at a cost of it not being as practical as it could be. I think that if you had a calculator that could assess risk with a level of 90, 95% accuracy, then maybe these complex risk calculators would be more valuable. But the reality is most of these risk calculators only are accurate about, depending on which calculator, depending on which setting, somewhere between 60 and 70% accurate. So it's better than a flip of the coin, but not a ton better than a flip of the coin. 
Now, what would you say is the benefit to understanding cause-specific readmission risk? When people talk about readmission, it's important to understand, well, why did they end up going back to the hospital? And for patients that have heart failure and are hospitalized with heart failure, when they come back into the hospital, the presumption or the thought is that, oh, well, they're going back for heart failure. But the reality is data would show pretty consistently that only a quarter of the time, so only one out of four times, are they actually going back for heart failure. All the other times, they're not going back for heart failure. They're going back for some other reason, and it's a host of other reasons. It could be infection. It could be another cardiovascular cause like chest pain or an arrhythmia. And so as we try to think about, A, predicting who's going to be rehospitalized, and B, developing strategies to prevent people from coming back to the hospital, I think it is really, really important to understand why they're coming back and start to think about which patients are being readmitted for heart failure, which patients are being readmitted for a non-heart failure but other cardiovascular reason, and which patients are being readmitted for a non-cardiovascular reason. And by figuring out which patients are going to be readmitted for which problem, we can tailor our post hospitalization strategies or therapies so we can minimize the risk they come back to the hospital. You kind of actually went into my next question of what was the goal of your research and specifically why did you choose to focus on a simple cardiac comorbidity count? Yeah, I think the prior comments started to address this. The goal here is taking a step back. There are lots of calculators that exist. The calculators are complex. The calculators are not particularly good at predicting who's going to come back. And for the most part, the calculators don't identify why they're going to come back. And so if we could come up with a calculator that was simple, that performed reasonably well, at least similar to the pre-existing calculators, and calculators that not just identified a readmission, but cause-specific readmission. Was it a cardiovascular readmission or was it going to be a non-cardiovascular readmission? It would allow us to then identify subgroups of patients and subsequently apply or implement tailored strategies for each individual patient. So that was ultimately the goal, to move away from a one-size-fits-all approach to trying to reduce heart failure readmissions which I think we've really done over the past several years, and we've seen that it doesn't work. The same approach for everybody does not work. So we need to move toward a more tailored, personalized approach. And so this was a baby step in that direction. Can we talk a little bit about how you performed your evaluation of whether this count would be effective and maybe some of your key findings? Again, we wanted to really focus on something simple and something that clinicians could calculate or figure out at the bedside. And I thought about my own practice and thought about, well, when I take care of patients in the hospital, what are the factors that make me more concerned that this patient's going to come back for a cardiovascular cause versus a patient that's going to come back for a non-cardiovascular cause? And the three major factors that just clinically I felt would be important were the presence of coronary artery disease, 
the presence of an atrial arrhythmia, like atrial fibrillation, and the presence of a ventricular arrhythmia. And so our hypothesis was that the presence of any of these conditions would increase the risk of a patient coming back to the hospital for a cardiovascular cause. And so we said, well, why don't we just create the simple count where you just counted the number of these three cardiac comorbid conditions. And, and what we were interested in examining here was whether or not that simple count was associated with cause-specific readmission, in particular, cardiovascular readmission. And so we looked at the nationwide readmissions database which is a large nationally representative database of hospitalizations across the country that has data on readmissions. And we looked specifically at patients hospitalized with heart failure. And we essentially examined the association between this count and three different outcomes. We looked at a cardiovascular readmission, we looked at non-cardiovascular readmission, and we looked at no readmission. And ultimately, what we found in our analysis is that this concept of a simple cardiac comorbidity count, which is from zero to three, was indeed associated with cardiovascular readmission. In other words, this count could be used to identify a population that was at higher risk of being readmitted for a cardiovascular reason, supporting the concept that this score could be used in clinical practice to figure out, okay, well, if this patient has a high risk of being readmitted for a cardiovascular reason, then now I should implement processes or strategies that specifically hone in on this set of comorbid conditions for this patient. You also found that cardiac comorbidity count was not independently associated with non-cardiovascular readmission. Can you touch on this facet of your results? Our goal was to examine the association between cardiac comorbidity and specifically cardiovascular readmission. And I think that it was important to also examine whether this cardiac comorbidity count was associated with non-cardiovascular readmission, because if it was, then this count wouldn't help differentiate between, between these two types of readmission. The whole premise of this study was to identify the patients that were at highest risk specifically of cardiovascular as compared to non-cardiovascular. And so in addition to looking at the association with cardiovascular, we also looked for an association with non-cardiovascular and we found that the cardiac comorbidity count was not associated with non-cardiovascular. All of that supports the concept that this count specifically hones in on cardiovascular readmission. Now, taking everything you just presented, how do you suggest that listeners implement these findings into their everyday practice? I mean, I think point one, and this has been established, but is worth emphasizing, point one is that among heart failure patients, after a hospitalization, many of their readmissions are not for heart failure. In fact, half of them are for non-cardiovascular causes. And so that's the first point. The second point is, and this is what was supported by our findings, is that the more cardiovascular conditions you have at baseline, the more likely it is that you will be readmitted for a cardiovascular cause. 
And I think that is intuitive, but I think it's a really important point because as mentioned earlier, in order for us to start reducing readmissions for heart failure patients, it's time for us to move away from the one size fits all and start to tailor our therapies to the likely reason that patients are going to be readmitted. And so if you have a patient that's going to likely be readmitted for heart failure or a cardiovascular cause, you might consider a more intense cardiovascular care after they leave the hospital. For example, having them see a cardiologist soon after discharge might make some sense in this patient. Implementing remote patient monitoring with perhaps a scale or a pulse oximeter, which can check oxygen and heart rate, maybe a blood pressure cuff, might make some sense for a patient like that. On the other hand, if they have a low cardiac comorbidity count, where they are less likely to be readmitted for a cardiovascular cause, but more likely to be readmitted for a non-cardiovascular cause, then maybe, maybe the cardiologist, the remote patient monitoring is less important. And what's more important is the primary care doctor who can help manage the diabetes, the chronic pain, the osteoarthritis, the chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, And so that's sort of how I would summarize the key findings here. And the hope is that this will stimulate further research that will promote this concept of personalized therapy post-discharge. I think that's an interesting point to leave off on, that there is a need to move toward a more tailored, personalized approach. And this count may be part of the answer in doing that. So Dr. Goyle, I want to thank you for joining me today. And I hope our listeners found what you presented here to be helpful. Thanks for the opportunity to chat today.